0: I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, Talladega Nights. It's very stupid, but I think also very funny. And Ricky Bobby, the main character in it says, if you're not first, you're last. Right. And it's ridiculous. Right. If you're not first, you're last. Really? That's not how the world really works. But when we are in a scarcity mindset, we believe that to be true. Welcome to the Unconditionally Worthy Podcast. In this podcast, I will guide you on your journey to connect with the true source of your self-worth. Each week, we'll discuss barriers to unconditional self-worth, the connection between self-worth and relationships, self-worth practices you can apply to your life, and how to use self-worth as a foundation for living courageously. I'm your host, Dr. Adia Gooden. A licensed clinical psychologist, dance enthusiast, and a dark chocolate lover who believes deeply that you are worthy unconditionally. Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. So we're in the spring, which is such a great time to talk about abundance, right? You know, flowers are starting to bloom, trees are starting to and leaves are coming back and it's so beautiful. I grew up in Southern California and I never really had an appreciation for spring, neither the season nor the sort of metaphorical understanding of what spring means when I was growing up in California, because basically there were always flowers, there was always leaves on the trees, the weather was always good. But when I moved to Chicago and went through the winter, I started to deeply understand the beauty and the power of spring, right? Both this sort of coming out of a dark period, things blooming again, the world feeling brighter, and kind of how that stands as a metaphor, right? That even when we go through really dark periods or really hard times, there is a spring that follows, right? And the the flowers still bloom. And the birds still sing, and the sun shines, and all of this happens. And I think it's a really great time to talk about abundance because we see abundance in nature all around us, and reconnecting to that can really be a powerful way to understand abundance in our own lives. So, this episode is all about abundance. And for a long time, I lived with a scarcity mindset and a scarcity mindset is basically the opposite of an abundance mindset, right? If you are in a space of abundance, you believe there is more than enough. You can see all of the flowers, all of the leaves, all the blades of grass. You can see many, many people being successful. There is more than enough room. And when you're in a scarcity mindset, you're worried, you're, you're scared. You don't feel like there's enough. You feel like you have to prove yourself. You you're always sort of in survival mode because you might run out because time might run out, right? So I lived in a scarcity mindset for a long time and I didn't know it, right? I didn't, I couldn't name it, but looking back, it's very clear that I was in a scarcity mindset. I didn't feel like I had enough time or money. I was always rushing around, running late, feeling like I didn't have enough time to do the things I wanted to do. I was anxious about money, worrying about whether or not I could afford the things I wanted and needed. This was especially true in graduate school um, when I was not making much money at all. I felt jealous of the success of other young Black women in the mental health field because I believed that if someone else was successful, maybe that meant there would not be enough room for me to succeed too. I feared that I would never find a partner because there weren't enough potential partners, potential matches, and, quote, all the good ones were taken, unquote, right? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever said that? I also enjoyed the pursuit of trying to get into schools and fellowships and get competitive job titles that felt limited by nature, because I based my worth on trying to be chosen by a partner, selected by a school or a job, I believe that since there weren't that many spots available, since I believed in the scarcity of it, I felt that if I got a spot, if I got into the school, if I got a job, then that would mean I was worthy, All right? So it sort of became this another attempt at proving my worth, at beating the scarcity, at getting one of those few spots available. Our world is swimming in scarcity. The encouragement we get to be the best, to get the most, to win, to beat the competition is all around us we hear about wealthy people evading their taxes as they hold on to their money, we hear about people cheating to get their kids into the most prestigious schools, we have sports competitions and award shows that focus on winners and who did the best without a real acknowledgment that everyone is playing well and doing well. And when we believe that there are winners and losers, we are adopting a scarcity mindset. Now, I'm not saying that we should sort of change sports competitions, right and say everybody's a winner. I'm not necessarily saying that, but I'm just pointing out that when we are sort of in the construct of you win they lose, right? One and done, right? You you think about the Super Bowl, for example, right? The top two teams in the NFL go to the Super Bowl. They're both winners. They both do really well. And yet there is one winner. One team wins the Super Bowl and the other team is crushed. They just got second place, but they are crushed. It is awful, right? And and that is a part of the scarcity mindset, right? There is only one winner and everyone else is a loser. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, Talladega Nights. It's very stupid, but I think also very funny. And Ricky Bobby, the main character in it says, if you're not first, you're last right? And it's ridiculous, right? If you're not first, you're last. Really? That's not how the world really works. But when we are in a scarcity mindset, we believe that to be true. When we live in a scarcity mindset, we end up operating as though life is a zero-sum game. If I win, they lose. If they win, I lose. This means it's hard to celebrate the successes of others because they feel like a threat to our success and we may also feel guilty when we experience success because we worry that we might have taken someone else's spot right this idea that only a few of us could get in only a few of us could get the spot and now I feel guilty I feel unworthy right if you fee- if you experience low self-worth and then you achieve a success, you may experience guilt because you feel unworthy of it, and then you worry if you believe in scarcity that you've taken someone else's spot and you don't deserve it. This scarcity mindset also leaves us feeling anxious, Whether we're worried about whether or not we're good enough to succeed or worried that if we succeed, we may not be able to maintain the success or someone's going to take it from us. All of this leaves us in sort of an anxious space. When we are in scarcity, we are scared. And our minds and bodies go into survival mode. How can I hold on to as much as I can? That I may run out of food. I may run out of time. I may run out of water. I may run out of money. Oh my gosh, how do I hoard? How do I save? How do I, right? Like it puts us in this grasping, tightly, holding back, scared mode. And when we are in that place, it is hard to relax and enjoy the success and the positive things that are in our lives. So let's talk about the connection between self-worth and scarcity. Low self-worth leads us to adopt a scarcity mindset. When we don't think we are worthy, we feel like we either can't access abundance or success because of our unworthiness, or we feel like we must work to prove our worth in order to be successful and experience abundance. When we feel unworthy, we don't feel like we deserve good things to happen to us. So we may reject positive things that come to us or self-sabotage or hold ourselves back when we have the opportunity to experience something positive because we don't feel worthy of it. Right. So imagine and just think about whether or not this has happened. Right. Have you ever been on the precipice of something really positive and self sabotaged? Right. This could look like your relationship is going really well and it's hard to tolerate. And then you pick a fight. Right. This could look like you have a really big interview that is for your dream job and you stay up all night the night before. So you don't get enough sleep to do well. Right. This could look in a lot of ways, right? You reject the positive because you don't feel worthy of it, or you hold yourself back, right? Or, you know, your dream job is listed and you have a connection and you are like, yes, like this is it. But then part of you says, I don't know if I don't know. I'm not worthy. I'm not smart enough. I don't know if I can do it. And so you either don't apply or you wait until the last minute and barely get the application in and you know you didn't do your best because you didn't give yourself time, right? So just notice, have you done any of these things? Have you held yourself back? Have you self-sabotaged, right? Have you rejected positive things in your life because you don't feel worthy? Do you allow yourself to soak in positive things or do you push them away by criticizing, rejecting, getting anxious? about losing the good things, feeling guilty, right? All of these sort of serve as defense mechanisms. And usually we think about defense as defending against the bad. But for many of us, if we're struggling with low self-worth, sometimes we defend against the good. We push away positive things. And all that communicates is that we don't want it. What it communicates is, I don't want this good stuff. Why are you giving me this good stuff? give me the bad stuff. I'm comfortable with that. But the good stuff, no, I'm uncomfortable. I'm criticizing. I'm anxious. I'm rejecting. So just notice what is your orientation to positive things happening in your life? I know for me, for a long time, I used to do a lot of complaining. (laughs) I had a problem with complaining. Maybe I'll do another episode on that in the future. And I think part of it was because I didn't Feel like I could let in the good. So a positive thing might happen, but I would feel like, oh, I gotta, I've gotta tell you it's not really that good, right? I gotta tell you, oh, this is the problem, right? And I didn't feel like I could just say, yeah, it's great. Things are wonderful, right? It was like I needed to come up with a complaint because I didn't feel totally worthy of the good. Things. Needless to say, this was annoying for my friends. It wasn't a great approach. And I was communicating that I didn't want good stuff because if I got it, I would complain about it. So let's talk now about the connection between unconditional self worth and abundance. When we know we are worthy unconditionally, we are able to allow abundance in our lives because we believe we are worthy of it. We are no longer caught up in the anxious energy of trying to prove our worth, trying to compete and get the few spots at the top. When we know we are worthy, we are able to own our gifts and strengths, and we are guided by our wisdom to pursue the life we most desire instead of being guided by our fears and anxieties and pursuing a life that looks good on the outside but may not be what really brings us joy. When we know we are worthy, we are able to relax into the good things that come to us. We trust ourselves and we trust that if we keep showing up and sharing our gifts with the world, abundance will come to us. Once I connected to my unconditional self worth, I was able to be open to the abundance flowing in my life. I was able to believe that there was more than enough success, money and love for everyone. And this was a really powerful shift for me. Still a little like mind-boggling. So I took a couple of courses. Um they were sort of spiritually oriented courses in it was 2019. And so I did some work on abundance and I'm going to talk a little bit later about what I learned. But The big shift that happened for me is that, so in 2019, I took the courses. And in 2020, I more than doubled my income. And I am very clear that that is because I did this mindset work on my belief in abundance. I didn't do a lot. Like I wasn't like hustling harder in 2020. And it was 2020, which was a crazy year. But my shift in believing that abundance is the reality of the world, in adopting an abundance mindset, in believing that I am worthy of abundance and knowing deeply that I am unconditionally worthy, powerfully shifted and transformed my financial situation. I was sort of shocked when I was like, wait, what? This is how much I'm making? Wait, what? That's what it's double, right? Like, I was sort of surprised by how well it worked. And so, you know, abundance isn't just about money and prosperity, but there are some really nice things about having the money to do what you want to do and to give generously, right? And to support causes that you care about. And so, I just wanted to share that as an example of sort of a tangible shift that I experienced once I adopted an abundance mindset. So I think it's useful to sort of take a step back, right? When we're thinking about scarcity and abundance to sort of look at some numbers that challenge our belief in scarcity. So I'm gonna go through a few here, right? So if you fear like I did that there aren't enough people in this world for you to find a romantic partner or that all the good ones are taken, right? I want to tell you that there are more than 7.67 billion people in the world. Take that in for a moment. 7.67 billion people, right? When you think about, like, that is an abundant number. That is a lot of people. And no, they're not all in the appropriate age range for you to date and and partner with. But let's face it, that is a lot of people. So the idea that there is no one in the world that you will match with, no one in the world that you could find to love and to love you when there are 7.67 billion people on this earth is a little silly. It's a little ridiculous there's at least one and probably there's more than one. If you fear that there aren't enough spots in the profession you want to pursue or in the academic institution you want to attend or in higher education in general, I want you to know that universities intentionally play up scarcity to increase their rank. So universities are in a game to make their spots seem more scarce so that they will get a higher rank, right? It's a game. It's a game to make you feel that there is not enough and to make them feel like they're more prestigious because they're in a zero-sum game. They're playing that game. It's not helpful, right? But there are 5,300 colleges and universities in the U.S. Some of these universities have 50,000 students. Some have 2,000 students, but some have 50,000 students. So imagine how many spots there are. There are more than enough. There are 400,000 law firms in the U.S. Many of them have hundreds of lawyers more than enough. There are 6,000, more than 6,000 hospitals in the U.S. with all sorts of positions, nurses, doctors, administrators, physician's assistants, radiologists, techs, right? All of these roles, an abundance, right? So I think it can be easy to get caught up in our belief in scarcity, even though that is not the reality. We can believe that there's not enough money. And yes, there are systems and structures that limit access to wealth for poor communities, communities of color. That is a problem. That is a problem. And those systems and structures need to be dismantled. And there is more than enough money to go around. And in fact, if more of the lawmakers and people who are wealthy actually have an abundance mindset, it would be easier to dismantle the systems because the systems are predicated on the fact that there is not enough to go around. And so the rich have to hold on to their wealth because if they share it, if they spread it around, they won't have enough. Right. So if we could adopt an abundance mindset as a society, it would be easier to fund education. It would be easier to fund social services and it would be easier to allow everyone access to the wealth because there is more than enough. All right. So I'm going to get off my soapbox. But I just want you to know that when we know we are unconditionally worthy, we open ourselves to the abundance that is around us. And it is easier to start seeing abundance in our lives. Unconditional self-worth helps us to get out of playing the zero-sum game. Where we're always worried about whether or not we'll win or lose, whether or not we have enough, hoarding and holding on to what we do have, and gets us into the abundance game, where we see and believe that there is more than enough for us and everyone else in the world. I hope that's sounding pretty good to you. So I mentioned that I took a course on abundance or a couple of courses and the main one that I took was from Mary Morrissey and A couple of the powerful things that I learned in that course were to dismantle my negative thoughts about money and abundance. I used to believe that I shouldn't want to earn money because I was in a helping profession and I should just be focused on helping people. And if I wanted to earn money, I was taking from other people. Again, zero-sum game. And I should just focus on helping people and be happy with that. I also believe that if I gained financial prosperity... I would lose something. I would be changed. I would be a different person. And so I needed to let go of these things. Another thing that was holding me back in terms of abundance and adopting abundance mindset was that I believe that prosperity was sort of a bad word. I grew up in the Black Church and you know what I learned was that there were these prosperity teachers and they were really kind of swindling their parishioners, their church members into giving them money by saying like, "Yes, if you give this much, you'll get this much." And you know what I learned is that was really sort of a twisting and a perversion of sort of abundance mindset and prosperity because there is something to being generous and giving and then being open and going to receive more, but it's sort of just prosperity and prosperity preaching gave it a bad name for me. It was sort of like, you shouldn't be in in it for the money. That shouldn't be a thing. And especially if you're sort of using Christianity to take people's money, like that's not good. And so I had all of these unhelpful beliefs about money and abundance and prosperity that I really needed to let go of in order to open myself up for abundance and adopt an abundance mindset. One of the powerful things that I learned in this course is that your energy matters when it comes to abundance. When you're anxious and worried and thinking about the worst possible outcome, it's really hard to experience abundance because your energy is not aligned with it. When we feel unworthy, our energy is often in an anxious and worried place because we feel as though our worth depends on everything we're doing. In contrast, knowing you are worthy allows you to relax into yourself and into life. It enables you to trust yourself and believe that good things will come because they exist and because you're worthy. This energy is aligned with abundance and allows you to receive it. Another big thing I learned is that gratitude facilitates abundance. When we're either worried about not having enough or feeling guilty for the successes or the positive things we do have, we are communicating energetically that we don't want more. In contrast, when we practice gratitude, we are able to calm down and appreciate what we do have, and we are aligning ourselves with the energy of receptivity and abundance. So imagine it this way. Imagine you were to give a gift to someone or you give a gift to two people and the first person you give the gift to sort of reject, oh, no, 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 I can't, oh my gosh, I cannot take that, oh my God, I you shouldn't be giving that to me, I am not worthy of that, oh no, you can't, I cannot take it, please take it back, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, no, 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 I'm not taking it, right? And so either you're like, okay, fine, I I won't give you this gift, right? Or they take it and you're like, was that, that was not a pleasant experience, right? Like they did not seem to appreciate that, right? So imagine giving gift to person one. Second person, you give them a gift and they say, oh my gosh, thank you so much. This is incredibly thoughtful of you to think of me and to share this gift with me. I feel so grateful for you and for the gift. And I, you know, thank you. I, I so appreciate it, right? Which person would you prefer to give a gift to? The one who's like, no, 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 no. Oh my God. Oh no, 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 no. I can't take it. You should have, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have. Or the person who says, thank you. This is lighting up my day. It's bringing so much joy to my life. You are more likely to want to give to the person who is gracious and grateful because it's a positive experience and because they are communicating that they like it and they are opening themselves to it. Right. And that is what I want us to be like. Let's Be like person two with life. Instead of getting a success and be like, oh, it's not that big a deal. Oh my God, I don't deserve it. Oh my God, I shouldn't have gotten it. Oh my God, no, 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 right? Let's say, oh, wow, oh, thank you. This is amazing. I am so grateful to be here. I am so grateful to get this opportunity. I am so grateful to be in this space with these people, right? Let's be gracious and grateful. I know a lot of people talk about practicing gratitude, and that's because it does make a difference. But before you zone out and think to yourself, I tried that already and it didn't work for me, (laughs) hold on and keep listening. In order to get a gratitude practice to work, you want to really connect with the feelings, the emotions connected to gratitude. And it is helpful to have a regular practice of identifying and writing down several things you're grateful for each day, because this gets you in the habit of looking for positive things and identifying and focusing on positive things that are happening in your life. However, the most important part of a gratitude practice is soaking in the feeling and the energy of being grateful right? It's attending to and really allowing yourself to feel the tingling, the energy, the lightness, the excitement, the joy, the love that comes along with gratitude. Because when you're in that energetic state, that is when you are aligned with abundance. When you are gracious and grateful at what you have already received, that is when you are communicating that you are open and ready and welcoming more. So it can be easier at some times than others to connect to gratitude. And I encourage you to look for positive moments in your life to take the time to slow down and really soak them in. Connect deeply to these feelings of joy and gratitude. This will help you to align with the energy of abundance and it's going to help attract more abundance to your life. And if you're someone who gets caught up in fear or guilt, when you experience positive things in your life, gratitude is the antidote. So I want you to notice the feelings of fear or the guilt, and I want you to shift into gratitude. Oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't have taken this spot. I don't know if I deserve it. I don't know if I'm worthy the it. Shift. I am so grateful for this opportunity. I know many others also deserve this opportunity and I am grateful to have it. I am so grateful for this experience. It is beautiful and it is wonderful and I am allowing myself to soak it in. So play around with it. It should be fun. It may feel vulnerable and uncomfortable. See if you can do it anyway. See if you can give yourself the space to soak in the good in your life. Right, So I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that you will recognize when you are falling into a scarcity mindset and that this episode will help you shift into an abundance mindset. As always, I'd love to hear from you. I read all of the reviews that you write for this podcast. So please take the time to write a review on Apple Podcasts. You can do it right in the app on the episode page. If you scroll down to the bottom, you can leave a review and leave a rating and leave a review. And I'd love to hear your insights. It, it helps me to understand what's helpful and it helps other people to find the podcast and to also know what is helpful about the podcast. So please share your reviews. And thank you for listening. Next week, we'll be talking about how low self-worth leads us to toxic relationships and some strategies for letting go of toxic relationships. Looking forward to seeing you there. Thanks for joining me this week on the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. Make sure to visit my website, dradiagoodin.com and subscribe to the show on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Adia Gooden. If you love the show, please leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Lastly, if you found this episode helpful and know someone who might benefit from hearing it, please share it. Thanks for listening and see you next episode. This episode was produced by Chris and Tiana and the music is by Wadaboy.